This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 223, and tonight is a very special episode for many, many different reasons. First of all, I am breaking my hiatus. Yes, for one show and one show only, I'm coming back and doing... A full episode here with you. Yeah, it's a break in the hiatus. It's a hiatal break. It's a it's a it's a hiatal hurry up of an episode. But why, Patrick? Well, that is because eight years ago, eight years ago tonight, as a matter of fact, in 2010, I spread apart my digital legs and birthed the Scream Queens podcast out of my digital womb. And into your hearts. Yes, it is the eighth anniversary of Scream Queen. So celebrate good times. Get on with That's not even the right words. And I don't care. And I don't care. So there's a lot to celebrate there. But also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but two weeks ago, there was a Friday the 13th on the calendar. You thought I forgot. I forget nothing. Because as you know, whenever a Friday the 13th comes up on the calendar, it's time for another Friday the 13th Spectacular. And so, to celebrate that, we're going to be taking a look at uh, Sean S. Cunningham's and Steve Miner's 1986 Haunted House Epic House, and I'm going to be joined by listener Trey Dean, and we're going to be chatting that shit out. So for those of you who are new to the show, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and normally, twice a month, every month, I am your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies, but caveat, you're going to have to see them through my very... Very, 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 very gay little eyes because I am not just a homosexual. I am a huge homosexual. So you better step back, bitch, because you're going to get gay all over up in your business. So let's get it out of the way before we go any further. Dun, dun, smoochy watch. What's going on with that cat? Miss Thing is quite good. The past few weeks have been so quiet with her, it's hard to believe it's the same cat who gave me such endless nightmares between her health and her psychological state and her behavioral state. Things have been so quiet and so mellow, it's really been nice. Of course, part of me is gearing up, waiting for the axe to fall, like with some horrible medical crisis. But you know what? No, I'm going to enjoy this quiet time with Smoochie for what it is. It's a good thing. 
And that's all I got to say about that. What's been going on in Scream Queen's headquarters? Well, the first thing that's been going on in Scream Queen's headquarters apparently is that Patrick has forgotten how to talk on a microphone. How do you like that? Just a few weeks and all of a sudden I'm a complete idiot. Well, actually, Patrick, you were never that. Hey, don't be talking smack about me on my anniversary. No, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, th- things also have been quiet here. I, and also not quiet in its own weird way. Things have been tumultuous on certain aspects. Uh, some of you know, all of a sudden I'm having horrible, horrible internet problems. Like I can't hold a Wi-Fi signal for more than two minutes at a time. And the ethernet has stopped completely. And my cable company has been a complete nightmare in getting a contract, I mean a service person out here to take a look at things. This has been going on for a month now. I figured this would have been done a long time ago. And it makes the idea of sitting down to do a podcast very, very, very difficult because I don't know if you know this, you need the internet to get this stuff out to people. You know, so it might only take a minute for me to upload a podcast episode to my server, but if I keep losing that Wi-Fi signal and having to start over 10, 12, 15 times, all of a sudden four hours have gone by and I've gotten nowhere. So this has been frustrating. I have somebody finally coming to come out to the house on Monday to take a look at things and hopefully things will be better after that because that's interfering with another important thing. Now, when I first decided to take this break, it was just because I was in a a bad place physically and mentally. Like my brain was on overload. I'm not happy with my life. I'm not, I wasn't happy with my life. Wasn't happy with the state of the world. Was not happy at all with the state of my country. And it was all just crushing in on me. It was affecting the show. And I said, I need some time away. And while I was away, I realized, you know what? It's been eight years, dude. It's going to be your eight-year anniversary, and you still have the same website that you did before. And so, yeah, I've been teasing on Facebook and Twitter and on the Patreon feed that there's going to be a big announcement. And the big announcement is that Scream Queens will be going under a major redesign when we relaunch, whenever that might be. Hope The thing is that the, I can't even begin to start working on a new website until this internet problem is fixed. But I've signed up with a company called Podcast Websites who specialize in this sort of thing. I think it's going to be a big boost for the site, a big boost for my visibility and all that stuff because I don't understand that SEO business and and all these other things. And, And there's so many things happening right now legally with podcasting that I can't handle it all myself. So I'm going to turn it over to some professionals and pay them to do it for me. Yahoo! But... Yes, we're going to get a whole new look and we're going to get a whole new logo and hopefully finally get some merchandise going. And I hope it's going to be great. It's going to be more expensive than what I'm doing now. But I think at this point, after eight years, it's worth it. And even more, you're worth it. Yeah. How about them apples? What else is going on? Is anything else going on? Honestly, I can't think of a thing. So really, why stretch out the agony any longer than we need to? Because... We've got things to do. And we're two weeks late on this, as it is, because, you know, it's, it's, it's already January 20, what, 22nd, something like that? I don't know. I don't know when I'm recording this. But Friday the 13th has come and gone, and you thought that it, was gone, it had gone unacknowledged, but no. No, it has not. Because those of you who've been listening for a long time know that whenever a Friday the 13th pops up on the calendar, I cover the next installment 
of the Friday the 13th series on the show. However, it's been quite some time now that I've ran through the whole gamut of films. And now, whenever one pops up on the calendar, we take a look at a movie that was made by the people who brought you the Friday the 13th series, or one of the movies, or whatever. There's some, there's always some connection to Friday the 13th and all of the movies that we cover. And I call this magical day of days the Friday the 13th Spectacular. Turning into the first time, you're probably wondering, what is going on? What the fuck did that have to do with Friday the 13th? And I say, look, it's my goddamn spectacular. And if I want to play traditional Irish bagpipe marching music, then I'm going to do that. Okay, you got a problem with that? You got a problem with my people? Well, that's racist. Okay, well, I've done that, so I guess we can move on with the show. Okay, so like I said, we're going to be taking a look at 1986 House, uh, 1986's movie House, which has three Friday the 13th connections to it, and we're going to be joined by listener Trey Dean, who, by the way, just had a birthday, and he thought I didn't notice, but I did, so I'm embarrassing him now instead of live on the phone, because we already recorded this like two weeks ago, but that's neither here nor there, so we are going to take a listen to the trailer, we are going to bring on trading and we are gonna get spec tech you lot that I god my tongue gets tired doing that I'm out of practice this is a house where no one should live woman lived here before you was nuts wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her she was my aunt heart of gold though Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy? (laughs) But no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. Leave while you can. No! has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Now. It wants you. Horror has found a new home. your own risk. So joining me for this 8th anniversary episode, but it's not just the 8th anniversary episode, it's also the Friday the 13th Spectacular, is longtime listener, super cool man from Texas, Mr. Trading. Hey Patrick, how you doing? I'm fine, Trey, how are you? I'm good, glad to be back here on Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's nice to be crawling out of my semi-retirement for Friday the 13th Spectacular. Yeah, you gotta do it for that day. Yeah, sure, you know, you know my semi-retirement out here on the beach with my pina coladas, like, like people spending the money that I don't earn, whatever, I got nothing, I got nothing! 
You got a hat on. You're sitting on the beach like like, like Marlena from Evil Under the Sun. You're that is a good time. exactly right. Yes, I've been strangled and everything <laughs> by, <laughs> by a guy in a Speedo. Spoiler, right. if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've ruined one movie and we just started. Oh, we're going to ruin this movie. Oh, my God, Trey. So the movie that we're talking about is the movie House from 1986. So those of you who uh, those, those have been listening for a long time Ooh. know that on Friday the 13th, hey, when it comes up on the calendar, I talk about the next Friday the 13th in the series. But I've talked about all the movies in the series. So I talk now about movies that people that made the Friday the 13th movies made. Did that make sense? Too bad. Catch up. Okay? Just catch up. So House from 1986 has a triumvirate of people from Friday the 13th involved. We've got the original director, uh, the director of the original Friday the 13th, uh, Sean S. Cunningham, producing it. We've got Steve Miner, who directed parts two and three, directing this one. And, of course, we've got the ubiquitous Harry Manfredini doing the quote-unquote soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. So Trey, could you give me a you know you know the drill? Can you give me a thirty yeah. second elevator speech plot summary of the movie House? Yeah, William Cat is Roger Cobb. He's a, a famous horror writer whose son has recently disappeared. He has writer's block, and his aunt dies and leaves him as her house. So he moves into the house, decides to stay there to write his novel about his experiences of Vietnam, and the house is haunted. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's the thumbnail, but yeah, that's see, what happens. Yeah. So Trey, this was not the movie I wanted to talk about. What do you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about Steve uh, Sean S. Cunningham's other movie that he directed, A Stranger Is Watching, which is a pretty cool kidnap movie. Very suspenseful. I've never heard of it. Exactly. It's out of print. Couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> And so, talk about that. So we're going to talk about this one, which I have to tell you, I hated it when I came when it came out, and I kind of hate it more now. And I just took a lot of flack on Facebook for saying how much I hated this movie. No, see, I watched it a few months ago. We're going, you know, we're going to small DVDs, and I saw it, like I haven't seen this in a while. Let me watch it, and it's parts of the parts of it are potential to be good, but then a lot of it is just crap. It's really crap. Yeah. My whole yeah. beef with it, watching it now, is like it's barely a movie. Exactly. It's exactly. got no plot. It just it's meanders just, around. No, it's just a series of things happening. Like, the, like the, they introduce story parts that mean nothing. The characters mean mm-hmm. nothing. The characters aren't even characters. They're like situations, not even like sitcoms, but like characters that wander in on the side on a sitcom to get a situation rolling, but they're not really characters. Like that pretty woman in the pool. Oh, Tanya, I got stuff to say about her when we get oh to her. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll get to her. It's oh, just, yeah. It just meanders. And also, I, it it's a overlit, yes, which makes yeah. the shitty special effects look even shittier. It has a real cartoony look to it, like a lot of primary colors. The house has like just primary colors in it. Yeah, and it it just looks almost cartoonish, almost like a kids' movie. That's the thing. Like when this came out, I don't remember it being advertised as a horror comedy, just as a no. horror movie, because this movie is. An R-rated movie, yet it's, is it? Yeah. What makes it R-rated? I have no idea. <laughs> and well, I remember the poster for it was great. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Okay. But it's an R-rated movie for twelve-year-olds, so I don't know who your market is. Yeah, exactly, because it's not scary and it's not even that funny. It's just goofy. Yeah, 
It's terrible humor. And okay, as as my friend Tim pointed out online, he's like, "Oh, I remember this movie. I remember the ad with the disembodied hair hand mm-hmm. ringing the doorbell, and it said, "Ding dong, you're ding dead." Dong, and I said, "Uh huh." And I said, "You know what? Even that lied. There ain't no ding dong in this whole movie." No, and it no <laughs> one died. I mean, no one dies in this. No one. Well, the the ant well, dies. The ant the ant kills herself. Well, yeah, okay, true, true. She dies, but there's no penis in it either. Lies! No, there's not. <laughs> ding dong. No ding, ding dong. dong. No die. Hey, ding dong. You're dead. <laughs> okay, though. Here's my big my big problem with it. It feels like it's missing a 10-minute chunk at the beginning because here's one thing I did not ever understand. William Kett's character in his aunt's house, did he live there before? I don't know. I think they were... Because here's... Yeah, go. Because when he has flashbacks to his son disappearing, he's at the house trimming the hedges with his wife and then his son has a room in the house, but the whole movie acts like it's the first time he's ever been there. Yeah. That confused yeah, the yeah, fuck well, out of me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it did kind of feel like it was the first time he'd been there, but then I was I, – I just figured it happened on a visit. But you were right. He was trimming the hedges, which is a weird thing to do if yeah. they're visiting. There's one more thing I want to point out for this okay. movie about the, the technical side of it or, or the uh, not the, uh, the, the is that it was written by Fred Decker really yes that's the guy who did Night of the Creeps Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad and uh, th- this is why I bring this up well you know I, I have I have well, okay so I side sidebar mm-hmm. I'm at Marie's Crisis on a Wednesday night shocker <laughs> In walks this guy from the chorus, my friend Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't expect to see him, and I was just talking to him, and I look at his T-shirt, and his T-shirt says, Wolfman's Got Nards. Yeah. And I said, Michael, what does your T-shirt say? And he goes, oh, it says, uh, it's got, it says Wolfman's Got Nards. It's a line from this movie, Monster Squad. And I was about to say, well, I know that, but he goes, yeah, my brother, Mike, my brother Fred directed that movie. <laughs> Oh shit! No I'm way. Like, Michael Decker, Michael Decker, you sneaky little son of a bitch! I've known you for like ten years, and you never told me this. <laughs> he should know by now that you're a huge horror movie fan. Yeah, yeah. The original script I've discovered that Fred Decker wrote mm-hmm. was, first of all, he was inspired by the Twilight Zone movie. That's how okay. far back this is going. Then he's like, I want to do a horror anthology. So a bunch of his friends wrote a horror anthology. And this was his segment, but this was the only one that survived. And the original script that he wrote and submitted to the studio was dark. Huh. Straight up dark, scary. And then they brought somebody in for rewrites and made it a comedy. So technically, it's not Fred Decker's script. And the script is also meant to be like a part of an anthology. That's why it's just so thin. Well, no. Well, well yeah, but no. But then he, he took that part. You know, the rest of it fell apart. But then he yeah. made it into a full script, and it was super dark and okay. super scary. And they decided to make it a comedy. So it's all on them, and it's not on you, Fred Decker. I'd like to read the original script. That's what I said. I I, I tell that to Michael today because I watched the movie last night finally, and it was just well, sort of watched. I I really struggled with this one because there's nothing there. Yeah. No. There's nothing there. And then when things were happening, I'm going, "You ripped this off of Evil Dead." I, okay, yeah, I thought in my notes. We'll get Very to that. Evil Dead. Yeah. And. You know what the real problem, what one of the big problems is, and it's not his fault, mm-hmm. is William Cat. How so? If you were going to make this a comedy, that role, the main role, needed to be someone with some comic chops. Yeah. 
William Cat is fine. But if you put a John Ritter in this, yeah, or somebody like that, it would have felt less clashy. Someone, someone who who can react really well. Yeah, to, to who, who had like the, who had the funny. physical prep stuff because he like William Cat's selling trying to sell the horror that's not there. Yeah, and there are scenes where it could be funny, like the kid with the is disembodied hand. But yeah, you're right. It's played for horror, sort of, but it's not. Yeah, and he's surrounded by comic actors. Yeah. You know, you got uh, George, uh, George Wentz. Wentz from Cheers and, you know, other people that you know from other things in bit roles who right. are straight up comedians. Uh, yeah, I noticed a few of them had like just uh, Mindy Sterling from right. uh, Austin Powers. Right, right. At the, at the very beginning. And that guy who's showing him the house is the same guy who refused to pay the Ghostbusters. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Okay. He looks familiar. Yeah. Great character actor. And, and the, that one, it's not a comedian, but one of the cops was Stephen Williams. Yes. 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 Yeah. He's in a terrible movie. Yeah. That I, oh, actually, I reviewed um, a while ago, I think for the Halloween, two Halloweens ago, called Boo. Oh, yeah. With D. Yeah. Wallace Stone. And the only thought, the only part that I liked was when some guy was like, Hey, you know, because these people are yeah. turning into like monsters and stuff, and this kid says to him, "Man, if you start start turning into one of those things, I'll shoot you in the head." And he looks at him and goes, "You shoot me in the head, I'm gonna kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> he was a black exploitation cop, wasn't he? He was the black exploitation cop, and that was a terrible movie. But we're not talking about that terrible movie. We're talking about this well, multi-million terrible. dollar terrible movie, this inexplicable hit. Yeah, three, four sequels. Can't believe it. Yep. All well, right. that don't mean nothing these days. That's, That's true. <laughs> but in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the 80s to get the one sequel was a shock. But to get the other ones is, is not that big a deal. But yeah, I don't understand this movie. So, okay. Oh, I don't even know where to start. I guess start at the beginning. We start with the with the grocery boys taking 10 minutes to find the dead ant. Right. That The ant who looked like she waited until he walked into the room to hang herself. <laughs> He's calling this woman. Like the grocery boy shows up with deliveries. There's nobody there to pay him. So he's wandering through the house, calling the old woman. He wanders upstairs, calling the old woman. And as soon as he opens the door, like this body starts swinging really <laughs> with enough momentum that she waited until that door started to crack open. Waiting like, I'm going to wait. All right, I'm going to wait. Wait, wait. wait. And she jumped. Well, and here's another thing about this movie. It sets up that this house is really weird because he's, as he's walking through the painting she has – are these really freaky, esoteric paintings of like strange alien landscapes? Yeah, and that never pays off. No, like no, who is this aunt? She's the payoff doesn't make sense. No, and she seems like she's a really interesting character, and we never know anything about her. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did she die? Why did she die? We don't know how she died, but why did she die? Did she kill herself? Was it the house? Yeah, it never says. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming. It was the house because she warns him it's the house. She sees his yeah. ghost and she's like, there's house. It knows but, everything about you. Yeah, It just, knows what it, scares you. And she looks like she's from the 1950s. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, like, she's like some – she's like your classic crazy spinster aunt from an old movie. Yeah, this is alluded to later on by George Wint, but yeah. Someone who would never have a pool. Someone who doesn't own a bathing suit to have a pool. And who would let a hot blonde just swim in the pool. 
Well, who knows? Maybe she's a, you know. <laughs> Maybe she's lonely. We didn't hear about no uncle. Did he die at some expedition at one point? They were saying that he disappeared at some Did expedition. He? Did he? Well, when William Cat was being led around by the realtor, I thought he said something about what happened to your uncle. He says he disappeared in an expedition. I think. Okay. You know what? You're very possible because I was already zoning. Yeah. Because I, I, I told Trey earlier, I tried to get mo- through this movie three times, and I would get about five minutes in and just be like, I don't fall asleep in movies. This movie puts me to sleep. <laughs> Which is what you want in a horror movie or a horror comedy or any movie. Just put me out. No. <laughs> well, if you have trouble staying awake, pop this in. You'll be gone in a good 20 minutes. And what annoys me in this movie is like you put Kay Lenz in it and you literally give her nothing to do. <laughs> okay. She was one of the best parts of this movie. One of the few bright parts. She had nothing to do. And if you don't know who she is, she was a ubiquitous actress of the 70s and 80s and most notably – in my mind, was that she was the lead in the Carrie TV ripoff, The Initiation of Sarah, which is one of those touchstone made-for-TV horror movies that everybody knows. I saw it a while back, but I just remember her from... See, I, I know her, but I don't know what she was been in. She was, sure she, was like in Ch- she was in everything. Like Charlie's Angels, yeah. Fantasy Island, yeah, Love she Boat. Did, yeah, she was one of those actresses who was just everywhere. Yeah, like I know you. You're you're that person. Yeah, lots of B movies and stuff like that, and like, yeah, she was just around. You just... And it's, it's like so odd that they make her some sort of TV star, which is kind of an odd profession, and it never pays off. No, it's just one of those weird choices that just kind of is almost kind of quirky, but it never leads anywhere. Well, that's because she's not there to do anything. Yeah, well, she's yeah. literally not there. Nope. She's on the phone. She shows up once, but it's not really her. And then she shows up at the end, and it's just like, oh. Yeah, and there's like, why did she break up with a husband? Why are they back together again? I mean, no. it's, yeah, no, no, we don't know. No. That's this movie feels like it's missing fragments in, in, throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and 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 like he's supposed to be this Vietnam vet suffering post traumatic stress disorder, which doesn't really feel real either it's kind of just i mean they don't call it that yeah he's just and you find he's information having, like halfway through yeah you i mean i mean you find and you know that he, his next book he's a horror writer in his next book he wants to write his story of vietnam but his agent is like please don't because nobody's gonna buy it but so you know okay he was in vietnam he's having a bad memories of it and i'm going this is actually a rather serious thing and you never really it's not really sold. It's just a plot device like everything else. Yeah, and his son's disappeared. We don't find his son's disappeared till what, 20 minutes into the movie? And it's just kind of like through a flashback? Yeah. It's just, that's kind of important information. You kind of need to lead with that. But no, it's just, he gets a flashback to his son disappearing. Well, and yeah. And I would assume, I mean, nor, this is me making you know, directorial screenwriting leaps. I'm like, well, that would be why you broke up. With exactly. your wife, because you know relationships often don't survive the death of, or, in this case, disappearance of a child. They just don't. They bl- you blame each other. Just fragments. But yeah, that you just needed something like that. But even then, it's just like, oh, my son's gone. Yeah. No, no. And when he talks with his wife, there's no tension. No. Nope. But okay, I want. Can we talk about his clothes for a little bit? Oh, please go on. 
Okay, William Cat has an amazing array of sweaters in this movie. Aha, uh-huh, that you need in California. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, I live in Houston. You don't wear sweaters in Houston. It's too hot. Uh, L.A. has to be the same. I would think. I would think. And I'm very happy that it took me three installations to watch this movie because in one of my conversations with Trey, when I, I he's like, oh, when he first agreed to do it, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell him. I watched it a few uh, um, months ago. I'll be happy to do it, and, and it'll be great to revisit William Cat and all of his ubiquitous sweaters. I'm like, oh, well, oh, oh. And then so I was paying attention to the sweaters. I'm like, man, he's just wearing a lot of sweaters. And I guess it's just to give you con- a contrast to all the combat green that he wears the rest of the movie. I guess. And to show that he's gone full PTSD. Okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Well, when we first see him, he's at a book sign. He's got like this houndstooth jacket that's got the sleeves rolled up. And it's just the most 80s look. Yeah. And Okay, but my favorite, the favorite is the – he's got a – okay, he's blonde hair, tan. He's got a tan sweater t- and tan slacks with pleats, but the sweater's got a deep, deep, deep V that goes like to the middle of his chest. And he looks like he's in a gay porn. Trey loves a deep V. I love a deep V. Yeah, <laughs> except not really. You don't. Uh, oh, in, a, in a sweater. Oh. In a sweater. In a sweater. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you can't help the 80s, but yeah, it was just odd choices. It just, just so yeah. odd. Yeah, and I mean, right away the tone's off because, and it's him, and it's not his fault. He's just miscast. Like everybody online signing, getting autographs was a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, no one looked like a normal person. They were all over the top. And then it's just him being William Cat, and that's fine, but it's just totally off. Yeah, and he's a horror writer, but he doesn't seem to enjoy the people he writes for, like. All the fans are kind of freaks. Yeah, and I don't. He wants to be respected. I don't see the horror writer in him either. No, it's just something they tack on. Like I don't know what I would want to see, how you would indicate as a character, or you know what you would bring to that to make it. He doesn't feel like a horror writer. There's nothing about him that's like that guy doesn't write anything scary. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I don't buy him as a horror writer. I don't buy him as a Vietnam vet. I don't buy him as anything. And of course, it doesn't help that the Vietnam flashbacks look like they were shot in somebody's backyard. Yeah. But he doesn't like have any interest in the darker part of human psychology or anything that would you think a horror writer would be interested in. He's just he's very bland. He's the blandest character. They, well, everything yeah. about it is nondescript. Yeah, I guess that's it. Like they just don't give him. I mean, they. It's just all about the situation and just. Yeah, it is just situation to situation to situation with no thread around it which oh god jesus i hate this movie <laughs> well because like when you find out he lost his kid that's like a huge psychological component of a character but it's just kind of thrown in like a third of the way through the movie and, and actually that-, that was the only thing in the movie that was mildly unsettling right that the kid's in the pool and he's struggling to to, to swim, he the the father dives into the pool, swims under the water, and the kid's just gone. Yeah, that's a that's a creepy yeah, thing. That's freaky. It's mildly creepy. Yeah, like has he told people? Like, was he told people? What does he think happened? Do people think he's crazy? None. Of that, I mean, the kid more attention is going to him being a horror writer and wanting to write a Vietnam novel than to his kid being missing. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie just isn't. Yeah, it's. 
the script is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just it feels like there there are parts missing about the entire like they just edited out random scenes that would have made more sense. Uh huh. And well, yet for me, the movie was way too long. As it was probably oh, because yeah. in its format as it is now, should have been a half an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. It a half hour, like the you know Carnival Ride TV show, but Tales from the Dark Side, in outdone. Because when you get into the supernatural stuff, and especially when you find out what it is and what's causing it, none of it makes any sense. None of it is connected. No. It's just this kitchen sink approach to a haunted house movie. Yeah. But it could have been interesting. Like when the kid is first walking through the house and has all these weird photos and, you know, the answer there, it looks like it could go in an interesting place because instead of being a normal house by the spirit of a person it's almost like a house has gateways to other dimensions yeah and they're leaking through and that could have been really interesting yeah yeah because what's showing up well initially it's it's well actually no i mean initially well i'm gonna have to take this in two parts you're getting things like floating barnyard tools chasing around you get things like the big stuff Swordfish. Marlin, I think. Or Marlin, Marlin, whatever. It was Billy the Big Mouth Bass. Before Billy yeah. the Big Mouth Bass. Second, don't worry, be happy. Again, ripping off Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these kind of things. But it jumped from that immediately to this like weird fucking bat thing in the closet. <laughs> yeah. That happened like- so fast. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, you escalated so quickly from yeah. regulars, from like, regular ghost stuff to this big gooey flappy demon thing and there was no difference in his reaction yeah he's always at the same level yeah which was never really scared no kind of confused more it's right it was more confused by all of this than anything else and not like wow this is gonna make a great book one day no nothing just that's just it's i hate this movie i hate it (laughs) well it feels like it makes it feel like a kid's movie his reaction is so subdued. It's almost like he's a he's a big kid himself. Uh huh. But even the Scooby Gang would have had a bigger reaction to these things. Yeah. Zoinks is a much bigger. Really? <laughs> he's just like, huh? Let me get another sweater. Yes. Yes. But okay. So when he gets the house, yeah. The, okay. There's a scene with the realtor, and here's another strange thing. The realtor is a great actor, and he plays him really smarmy and kind of sinister. Yeah. And there's a scene where they're talking, and this this realtor is sort of questioning about his family and everything, and he has a harpoon gun, and the harpoon gun goes off and barely misses William Cat, uh-huh. and William Cat kind of reacts, and the, the realtor just kind of chuckles, goes, <laughs> puts it back and keeps talking in a really condescending tone. Yeah. And once again, it goes nowhere. Yeah. Like, right, who is right. this guy? Right, because because then the, the realtor was kind of expecting him to want to sell the house, and seems to be yeah. quite upset that he's not selling the house. And I'm like, oh, it could be that it's really the realtor the whole time. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. Nope. No. Doesn't have anything to do with it. No. Nothing. Yeah. But it's not even properly set up. Red herring. No. And once again, it's a good character, a great actor. I want to see more of that guy. And he goes away in one scene, and they don't explain his attitude at all. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. Um, right. He did, he did his three. Oh, shit. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. My 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 computer did Heads up. Oh. We're going to make Windows better by updating soon. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're I not. Do it. 
No, don't you're not tell you what right to do, now. Patrick. No, 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 no. Don't fuck with me. Um, <laughs> God, I just hate. I, it's, 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 <laughs> I don't even want to talk about. It. I want to talk about anything else in the entire world. It's, because it's not, uh, all right. All right, so that happens, and then there's the scene with the fish, and George Went keeps coming over, oh. and this character—he's doing what he can, but this character is completely superfluous. <laughs> well, and, and okay, here's the weird thing. So he meets George Went. And they're talking, and finally it comes out that William Cat is a favorite, is this, this horror writer. Yeah. And George Went freaks out and pulls out of his pocket one of William Cat's books that has been read so much it's held together by a rubber band. Yeah. He's like, you're my favorite writer. Look, I got your book right here. I'm, who the fuck carries a book with him? And what are the odds that he would just happen to meet this guy next door? It's so comp- – it's just yeah, so well, contrived. Be, but even so – yeah, it's so contrived. And But then William Cat is such a dick about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he doesn't seem to like his fans. He seems to hate horror. No, he seems to hate everything. Yeah. Which could be justifiable if he was in mourning, but oh, he's no, not. not. Nope. Doesn't He cares more about this writer's block than he does his missing kid. Or his divorce. Or his dead aunt. <laughs> or or his PTSD. I mean, there's all these horrible things happening, and his character's focused on weird things. And, and I, I knew we were in trouble. With, but when you, when you see the Marlin, you just like you know what's happening. Oh yeah! Like three scenes before it happens, and when it's it does happen, it's even it's really badly done. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna it's... rip off the Evil Dead, take it up a notch, not mm-hmm. down ten notches. It's a shitty special effect, and it does, the poor thing doesn't do anything except thump against the wall. And then later, it's still against the. It's like once it's done, a few days later, he puts it back up on the wall. Well, Future never, scenes have it hang on the wall. It never, came, like, it, never came, it never came off the wall. He shot it on the wall. It came on and tried to kill you. You burn that fucking thing or you throw it in the trash and you don't just keep it on the wall. Yeah. He doesn't care. I think William Cat's a sociopath and everything is like just his delusion. I will go with that. Sure. He's killing everyone and he, doesn't, he don't care about anything. Well, killing all the no ones. Exactly. there isn't anyone. There's nobody dies. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That we know of, this is on his per his point of view. In yeah. real life, he's just slaughtering people left and right. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, it, when these things start showing up, these physical manifestations of evil, I'm looking at them, going, "What the fuck is that supposed to be?" I mean, there's one decent shot. I mean, one decent, you know, surprise, and that is when. Kaylin's his wife shows up unexpectedly at the house and she yeah. shows up at the house and I'm like she's wearing an evening gown and it's like noon <laughs> you whore you've been out all night <laughs> she's an actress they're all, they're all I, tight. I know I know but she just shows up and then uh, unexpectedly you know she drops he drops something or she drops something I forget exactly what happened he goes to pick it up and she's turned into this giant prune monster that looks really cartoonish but is actually kind of a nasty little creature. But it's... But I can't be scared of it because it looks like a cartoon and yeah. it's overlit. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a big bunch of plastic. Yeah, it's all in bright colors. In bright colors, talking with a, an electronically modulated voice to sound like a cartoon character from a little cute little cartoon. I'm a scary monster. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. No. And it looks like someone in a huge fat suit, like completely covered in a suit. Like no. there's – it's all prosthetics. There's none of their real skin showing. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going, that's not a ghost. 
Right. What is that? Never explains. No. And also, and eventually he, he kills it, chops it up and buries it, and then his wife shows up in person at the very end of the movie. No explanation. Well, I would just assume that it was, never it, was her, never it was never her in the first place. But this is what I'm going, uh-huh, I saw this in The Evil Dead, too. Yep. Oh, you have to chop up your girlfriend into little teeny tiny bits and bury her all over the backyard? Yep, saw this, too. And she just keeps t- – and then the parts keep showing up. I'm like, yeah, we've been here. I've been here. Yeah. And it's – this time it's played for la- – like even more for laughs. And it's just – well, he's burying it to the song You Know Good, which doesn't make sense – yeah. To the situation. It's like you just had rights to a single song. Yeah. Yeah. But then Tanya shows up. I got stuff to say about Tanya. Okay. He's burying the bits of the. No, actually, she's still in one piece at this point. Well, she's yeah. two pieces. Her head got chopped off um, by a flying sickle. Yeah. Uh, are you. <laughs> a day of six mocking a flying sickle that he had nothing to do with. That, 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 so that the court, the the haunting efforts in the house aren't even coordinating together properly. So. They're not. Uh, so <laughs> she's killed by uh, the the monster is killed by this ghosty thing, and so he's burying it in the backyard. And there's this beautiful blonde swimming in the pool. Take it away, Dean. Not Trey Dean. Well, okay. Well, first he's seen her the day before jogging, and he checks on. She smiles him flirtatiously. So you know, I didn't even get that that was the same person. Yeah, oh that's just yeah, how lost no. I am in this movie. And she's wearing a really '80s, porny-looking leotard. But so, so he, so he comes home, and this woman is swimming in his pool, and she kind of pops her head up in the water and smiles like, "Hey!" And then she's like, "Yeah, your, your grandmother used to let me swim in the pool. Hope you don't mind." Like, like she just like just taking for granted. She walks out wearing a bikini. She takes a she's lot for a, granted. <laughs> yeah, continue. she's got a great body. Uh huh. Or actually, no, no, she has a one-piece. She has a one-piece on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't didn't look too much at the stuff, except that she had a nice ass. But <laughs> but so so she's just flirting with him. And, and a deep V. Yeah. <laughs> him, oh, yeah, he's got his deep V working. She's flirting with I was with talking him. about her deep V, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about her deep V. You brought it up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so so she's, she's flirting with him, and they set up the, you know, the chance that maybe they'll do something later on that evening. Uh huh. Yeah, because you know, because she's a hot blonde in an '80s horror movie, she has to immediately be only about sex. Exactly. And even though she, yeah, yeah, even though she's not actually, but that's what we have to play. We have a beautiful girl in a movie. Oh, it's not Boys Club anymore. That character has to be about sex. Right. So we see her in a personal leotard and then in a a wet bathing suit, and she is basically telling him, "I'm going to fuck you later tonight." Uh huh. Or implying it within thirty seconds, right? Of meeting right. him, and and during all this, like this incredibly horrible severed hand effect, just keep trying to crawl out of the little garbage bag that he's trying to bury, and is almost touching her. So he's doing some terrible slapstick comedy. Really yeah, badly. And she's like, "Oh, are you burying, making a tree?" He's like, "Yeah," and it's just he's saying stupid stuff, and she's just like going along with it, smiling like she's not listening to what he's saying. Yeah, and he's trying to like keep the hand. Of, from grabbing her and doing like slapstick faces that somebody like John Ritter would be able to pull off, but you look constipated, sir. Yeah, yeah. And he... the fact that she's like, "What's that?" She's not saying like, "What's your problem? Why are you making these faces?" 
Oh yeah, she's in love with him. She seems like she's just captivated by everything he's saying. She's uh-huh. all smiles. Uh-huh. She's into. She seems to be into him. Of course, because he's a man. He's a man, and I'm a woman in a horror movie. I only have one thing on my mind, and it's not swimming. <laughs> so I want to jump ahead a little bit to that night when she shows up. It's absolutely ridiculous. No human being uh-huh. would ever do this. Please continue. Okay, so he's at home doing whatever, and the doorbell rings, opens it up, and she's there looking beautiful, and she's like, hi! He's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And she pretty much says, I want to go somewhere tonight. No, are you busy tonight? He goes, no, she goes, great, I want to go out. Here's my son. Why don't you babysit him? And she brings, like, literally pulls into frame like this six-year-old kid with a mullet. Not even. He's like three or four what? tops. He's a tiny okay. little thing. Of course, it's really? Hollywood. He could be 17. Who knows? But anyway, please yeah. continue. No, so. yeah. And she just basically is like shoving it in his hands as he as she runs out the door. Yeah. I mean, she's like – Well, she's not just backpack. that, but she's got like – she's got an overnight stuff. She's got his baby toys. She's got this. She's got like so much crap with him. She literally just dropped her child off with a stranger <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, 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 she's like, great, 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 great. You, you like his great. Oh, he loves you. He loves you. This is wonderful. And like a monster's hand starts crawling up his back. Yeah. And it's just, it gets very waka waka. It, yeah. This is totally, this is totally a skit from a sitcom because like you have no concept. I'm like, where is she going? Mm-hmm. Like she, like she, as soon as she walks back out that door, I'm like that character doesn't exist anymore. Right, and she was only friendly to him to set up so that she could drop her kid off with him. Like she's like, oh, there's an unattached man. I got a use for him, babysitter. Uh huh. Yeah, and and like it, 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 it's just more nonsense. The kid, I, I just hate this movie. Try, I don't know what time. <laughs> they need to get a kid alone in the house, so they just came up with the stupidest excuse ever for it. Why do they need to have a kid alone in the house? Why? 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 <laughs> Why? 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 Because none of this matters. This is no, a very long am. scene with keeping the kid out of danger and rescuing him from one supernatural thing from another supernatural thing, just to find out everything's oh okay, everything's fine. And then okay. I gotta repeat it again. This kid's got a fucking mullet. Yeah. He looks and he looks like he's kinda on the spectrum, maybe. Maybe it's just acting. But he just doesn't react to things like a normal kid would, which in this movie doesn't make you know, doesn't surprise me. No. But and so at the end and then it has after all this stuff happens, William Cat decides to give the kid a bath. Which is kinda weird that he's like Well, because she gave him his bath toys. She made <laughs> so a big like, thing about all of his bath toys. And he's like bathing the kid in the tub, and I was just like, "You don't really know this kid, and you're okay, whatever, whatever." Well, movie. clearly she's not going to file anything with like child services because she literally just dumped <laughs> him with a stranger. <laughs> she's a good mom. I see. I want to see more about her. I want to see what kind of a train wreck she is. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, I thought something. Movie. I thought something more would happen. Like that kid would disappear too, and then she would have more. No, it's just this is nope. a sit. Calm, set up, done. Both of those characters are gone. Afterwards, you never see them again. They don't matter. Well, then after the house tries to kidnap the kid multiple times, he decides to keep the kid in the house until she gets home. It's not like, oh, shit, the house tried to house nap you. Uh, let's go outside. Let's go do something outside. No, no. He's just hang out with the kid inside the house that tried to house nap you and already has my son. Uh-huh. Yeah, he don't care. No, he don't care. But, oh. 
So she shows up. Oh, and although, the although, although they are watching TV and you do get to hear the line. That's right. I can't hide that I've been a male prostitute my entire life. I've spent my whole life as a male prostitute. Whatever show Kay Lenz is, is on oh, yeah. was much more interesting than anything going on in the movie. <laughs> Everything on the side of this movie, the periphery, was so much more interesting than the actual movie itself. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm t- oh my god! I'm eating pretzels on a podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> You're a bad host, Patrick. Who's been off for a month? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's give a shit about the movie we're talking about? No, not at all. I know. I'm forcing my. I'm. I'm struggling even harder to stay in this conversation than I did in the goddamn movie. I just. It's just nonsense. It's ubiquitous, shitty nonsense. But the only thing that apparently mattered in all of this are these bullshit Vietnam flashbacks. I, I with Richard I, with Richard Mall from Night Court, who again cool. another another comedian. Yeah, and he plays it completely serious here. Well, he did a lot of villain stuff. Yeah, when he wasn't doing um, Night Court, he was always a villain because he's huge with an imposing face. Yeah, which I get. he was good in this. Yeah, he was fine in it. But the thing is, like the Vietnam flashbacks look terrible. I'm looking at William Cat going, "You're not a soldier." Well, also no. Vietnam. How old would he have been? In this movie, if it was in the mid '80s, well, I mean, he, this- well, he could have been. Well, that's the thing. He got drafted at 18. Vietnam ended at what, 73, 74? Okay. Not that. So he could have been mid 30s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, but you're right. He doesn't seem the Vietnam, like haunted Vietnam. Type. No, but he even in the Vietnam too- scenes, I'm going. You don't even look like you belong there. It's just like you don't. No. You don't. You're just too. You're too. Nothing's nothing was right. Of course, it clearly it was shot in somebody's backyard as well. It doesn't look like. I mean, I don't know what Vietnam looks like, but it's not that. But even that fell fake. So I'm not believing any of this shit. And it, apparently, this was the stuff I needed to be paying attention to. Was the Vietnam flashbacks? Because somehow. Well, yeah, well, what's going on with him and Richard Mall? He has nightmares about this or is haunted by this whole situation. So they got this team and Richard Mall's very gung-ho about getting, you know. The Charlies. The, the Charlies. And he's just, you kind of get a sense he's kind of a racist, hor- not a horrible person. Well, kind of a horrible person. Well, it's and war. It's war. It's war. And I'll be honest, I glossed through this part. He does something that gets, Richard Mall does something that gets himself captured. Or shot or injured. He gets injured. shot. He gets shot a lot. Shot, and, he, and they're and and you know Charlie's coming to get him, so he asks William Cat to kill him first. Yeah. And William Cat can't do it, so you know the Japanese show up. Richard, you know William Cat runs Vietnamese, away. Vietnamese, Vietnamese. I'm sorry. The okay. Vietnam War. <laughs> no, you're right. Was against the United States, oh, Vietnam, not me. Japan. <laughs> God, I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> Keep that in. I always keep it in. I always leave it in. The Vietnamese come in and they pull Richard Ball off screaming that I'm going to get you, Roger. I'm going to get you. Yeah, you coward, you coward. Uh And, you know, he's, I would assume, dragged off. And tortured him. Tortured horribly to death. Yes, because, because of course, that would be too real to show. But apparently that was the important thing that happened because all of this is being caused by Richard Mall's character somehow. Well, and that's the thing. Was he the mastermind or was he just like taking advantage of the house or, I or don't what? No. Doesn't matter. Because I don't understand. Like this was all <laughs> to get revenge on William Cat for not killing him in Vietnam. So I'm like, okay, so you kidnapped his son to um, another dimension. Okay, so you murdered his aunt? 
to to get him to move in there, which already though they why did it have to be there? this house? I mean, I'm guessing. May, I don't remember House Two, and I'm not going to watch House Two. Maybe that had oh, more of the oh, interdimensional it's, it's thing. No, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it has nothing to do with the first one. It's terrible. It's even more of a kids' movie than this one. Wow. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I don't understand anything that happened. Yeah. Well, I want to backtrack for a second. Please do. The scene where the monster comes out of the closet, so he decides he wants. He, I think he realizes it's coming at a certain time every day. Yeah, it, every came, night. it came at the twelfth stroke of midnight on the clock. So he's gonna tape it, and it's the most cartoon. It's like something from Nickelodeon cartoon, where he's got twenty cameras pointed at the, at the door. Yeah. He dresses up in fatigues. He ties a rope to the door handle. He turns all the cameras on. He pulls the rope and then immediately runs out of the room. Yeah. Does combat rolls out the front door. Oh, yeah. 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 Straight out of a Nickelodeon morning kids show is just overacting the fuck out of it. And then, of course, he George Wentz right there walking his dog just happens to see him run out with a like all dressed up like a lunatic. Yeah. So embarrassing. See, the thing is, I, I did check out in this movie and I'll tell you exactly when I checked out and thank you for reminding me when I checked out like that scene was painful yeah oh yeah that scene was painful there was a lot of painful humor in it, and I think it, um, it was the uh, the, time, the other time he gets George went involved apparently invites him over to watch a movie at midnight yeah which isn't creepy at all not creepy at all and then he's like we're not gonna watch a movie and I'm like oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> Norm but then it's this whole elaborate thing. It's like, hey, remember the thing in the closet? I figured it's it's not a it's not a ghost. It's a raccoon. So here's this harpoon gun. I'm gonna open the door and I want you to shoot this raccoon. I'm going. This is so fucking painful. Yeah. It was painfully not funny. Nope. There was and no so way contrived. it was ever going to be funny. Why, why would he want? Like, why does he want to do anything? It's a raccoon the size of a basset ham. Yeah, and like George, I might be like, "Why, why?" So you want me to kill some animal? I gotta go home. No, it's just so weird. I hate it. Like nothing makes any sense, and it's a painful. It's like it's everything I hate about horror comedy rolled into one movie. <laughs> because the comedy is okay. not funny, and the horror is not funny. You failed, and you failed. Well, the comedy is so broad that it's just it's it's so waka waka. It's just not. It wasn't clever, or and the story was. See, the horror part could have been interesting if they focused on it. A house that has gateways to other dimensions that could be kind of cool. Yeah. And there were some good creepy shots, you know, throughout the movie here and there. Eh. The scene yeah. where the little boy's like in the chimney and he gets yanked up into the chimney. Uh-huh. I remember that on the trailer, and that shot by itself belonged in a better movie. Yeah. But yeah, just but there wasn't enough of it. Um, and also, I wrote down that they kind of go the beefcake route with William Cat a little bit. Like he's shirtless a lot, or a fair amount of time in this movie, which I wasn't complaining. Was about. he once he's kind of, a little bit? Yeah, they was he? Do I not? Did I blank out during the beefcake? He, he he takes his shirt off when he goes to bed, and it has him shirtless a couple of times. All right, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, it's just so bland. But it's just it was kind of like okay, I'm digging this but it just feels kind of out of place yeah yeah but then what was in place not much there's really nothing in place because like the heart i mean the like you said the the comedy's 
broad, but com- you know, comedy for it to work, even if it's broad, needs to be precise. There's a rhythm to it. There's a timing to it, and none of it landed. No, I, I keep saying this feels like a Nickelodeon's kids show, like 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 a movie that would have been on Nickelodeon or yeah, some kid. But it's rated R. I don't get that. There's no curse. Is there hardly any curse words in it? No blood at all. I, I mean, like the yeah. I know. I'm okay. trying to remember. What, this was 1986, right? There. Yeah. I'm not sure if PG-13 existed yet. I think it did. Because because Night of the Comet was the first PG-13 movie that I saw, and that was 1986. So we're kind of on the cusp here. There might have been not. It might have been too much for PG, but not. An, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like there was scarier shit in Indiana Jones. So whatever. Well, nothing in this was scary, though. There weren't, there weren't any jump scares. So there were a few jump scares of monsters jumping out of closets, but that, even that wasn't bad. I don't know. So, there is a one, okay, another good part, or interesting visuals when he decides to go to the dimension to save his kid. Yeah. So he opens up the cabinet. Yeah. And it's like void, and he throws a rope down there. Yeah. That's an interesting cut. The way they shot it was good, but then it's ruined by an evil dead monster. By an evil dead monster. And actually, I found that that's, that's a puppet. Yeah. That the, the whole thing at the end is a giant puppet, which is which was good. That was a good special effect, although it's kind of a problem. When I'm looking at your puppet, I'm thinking that's a guy in makeup and shitty makeup. Everything looked rubbery. Like I said, it's overlit. You can see. Yeah. Just how rubbery it was. Yeah. I mean, everything, all of the monster work needed Vaseline all over it. Yeah. That's, that's what V. Neal would say. Make it gooey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's primary colors and there's almost no shading involved. So it looks like someone took a bunch of crayons and drew themselves a monster with just really bright colors. Yeah. It's, it's sad. And I remember this when I saw it the first time. There's a scene on the roof at the mm-hmm. end where they're fighting on the roof or something. And I looked at the roof itself and I said, those aren't tiles. That's all painted on. That's a completely oh, flat I surface. That. I missed that. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that tracks. That also pretty. happened in Halloween 4. There's a scene on the roof of the end where they're fighting. And those are painted on tiles. It's not a real roof. <laughs> he didn't even try uh, keep, That's cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he goes into like, okay, so he goes into like this Vietnam world. And his son's kept in a cage. I'm thinking, like, how long has the son been there? Is it a time warp? Is it? it... Has he aged? Nope. No. Well, that's the other thing. We don't know how long the kid's been missing either. Exactly. This is this movie. Like this movie was missing a good ten or fifteen minutes at the very beginning. Yeah. Just to set this, the backstory is all over the place. Uh huh. So yeah. So they rescue the kid. They get him out. And okay, Big Ben, the, the Richard Mole character. Yes. Considering how cartoony she looks. It was. He looked interesting. Like it wasn't bad design. No, not at all. It was more the lighting. Yeah, and just yeah, you're right. The lighting was just very, very bright, and they didn't try to hide anything. No. Um, and just, yeah, and they blow him up with a grenade, and I just didn't care. Like so, it's a dead no. thing. It's a dead thing that can die. So he's a ghost that dies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay, what's, and now everything's well, one, okay. We're gonna live in the house now. What's I don't know. I don't get it. I hate this movie. Yeah, Fuck the, the wife shows up. Okay, there was one good shot towards the end where they're fighting, and he 
fall and William Cat falls out like a door. And instead of falling outside, you see that the house is perched on the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And he's dangling and you're looking up and you even see like the foundation of the house, like yeah. it's resting on a cliff. Like these are interesting concepts. Like you don't see that in a haunted house movie. Go with shit like this. Just yeah, it's it no, no. It just everything just is kind of half-assed and lazy, and it, like, like scenes- we're not even gonna try to paste this shit together. No, no. There a couple of scenes that you could have taken any of these scenes, thrown them up in the air, and randomly put them back together again, and it would have felt the same. Yeah. So we had no cohesion from scene to scene. Nope. We just jumped around. Nope, and no ding dongs. No ding-dongs. Yeah, no ding-dongs and no dead. And so, like, what are the stakes? Like, I didn't feel like anyone was ever in danger. And at the end, it doesn't make sense. No. The I, wife shows up. Yeah, please. Yeah. Go. Well, yeah, well I, just, I don't barely remember the end. His wife just kind of shows up to be like, oh, honey. She doesn't even say anything. She doesn't even say – she stands like, ah. ah yeah, you ah, found her son. Ah, ah. There was one scene I remember – I can't when, – when he initially – uh, he shoot, his wife turns into that monster. He mm-hmm. winds up shooting the monster, and then it turns back into his wife. And she's laying there on the porch. She's like, "Oh my god, I killed my wife!" And he hides oh, the body right. because George Wen has called the cops because he hears gun he hears gunshots. Yes. And the cops show up, and there's, he's trying to keep the cops from showing finding the body. And I went, "Oh, I think I remember this. I remember. The, I think the cops get killed too." And then it's this whole no, because that would have nope. been. Building on a theme instead of making this a one-shot scene that could be – forget it. Uh, yeah. And the cops show up and he's there in fatigues just like cleaning the gun. Like what happened? Go, oh, I was cleaning my gun and it went off. It just – Oh, and you're a horror rider? You're a rich, rich white guy? We'll let you go. Let you go. You live in a nice house. Yeah. Stupid. And yeah, you're right. He shoots – the monster, it turns into his wife. That's why I was never I was never sure, like, did he kill his wife or not? And then then she just shows up just to reassure that she's alive. Uh-huh. But once again, why did she show up in the middle of the night? I don't know, but why didn't he I at some point I'm like, why didn't he why wouldn't you call your ex wife to find out if I actually killed you or not? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Because it's sometime later. That. No, nobody cares about that. No, because that's a character thing. We don't care about character things. We just want to get to the next set piece. Yeah. The next overly lit, poorly conceived set piece. Anyway, yes. I'm done. That was House. <laughs> okay, wait. We could have watched two? an episode of House. <laughs> and it would have been oh, scarier I'll... than this movie. <laughs> I've been like, oh, some weird disease that nobody's ever heard of before. Oh, it's coming to get me. It's going to leap out and touch my booty or something. I don't know, but fuck this. <laughs> well, the sequel is even worse. So the sequel has nothing to do. It's like a whole different house. And it's got like this undead gunslinger after the guy. And yeah. he's. But... And so like this one had George Wint in it. And so we had to get somebody else from Cheers in it. Yeah, who at the very end plays like a, a paranormal investigator or adventurer. It's just, it's so bad. Uh-huh. Yep. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's just, the, the, I didn't think about it until we started talking about it. It just feels like it's a kid's movie. Yeah. And not a very good one either. And I don't know, just, like, this is suck, for, for Friday the 13th Spectacular, this has totally sucked the life out of me, Trey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my anniversary. Why? It's not your fault. I picked the <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah, you did. So it's your own fault, Patrick. I figured it would be fun enough to make fun of, and it's not. <laughs> it's not real. Well, 
no, no, not even the fashion. Okay, we can make fun of William Cat's fashion. But it's even not that hair. bad. It's not even that bad. I mean, I wanted to make fun of the fact that she showed up in like that purple evening gown with the glitter belt. But even that wasn't that oh, funny. That was bad. Or Tanya just dropped her kid off with a stranger. See, I want a movie with Tanya in it. I want to like, what does she do during the day? You know what? I bet. I don't want to know what she did. She probably just went home and was like, oh god, I can watch TV without that fucking mullet, fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. A kid was kind of. See, he looked like he should, be able, he should be able to talk, but he was silent the whole time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, like, I mean, that's that's kids, though. But, I mean, I, well, I, also was going, I also felt like I recognized that kid, and I don't know if I just recognized that kid from this movie. Yeah, or recognized this mullet from some other kid. But isn't there a thing that if you don't speak in a movie, they don't have to pay you as much? No. That's, okay. No. Okay. No, I, I mean, if, if you speak in a movie, you automatically go, you're not an extra anymore. Okay, maybe that's what it was. It no, no, but he's a, he's a featured role. Yeah. I mean, he's a character in the movie. It's not so that you're automatically not an extra. He, he's like five or six, but doesn't, or five, four or five, and doesn't say a goddamn word. Well, I'm, that's could. Not even when That's like because a, children should be seen and not heard. Not heard. Or kidnapped. Just Especially let them kidnap if the they kid. have a mullet. Yeah. And I looked at her. I'm going. You let that. You this fashionable, fabulous woman is that running around? What does your, what does the father look like? Maybe the. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who the father is? See, Tanya's got a very busy schedule. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Or 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 is her sugar daddy's kid? Uh huh. She's a sugar daddy, and this is she's a stepmom. This is her kid. I her think, step- or maybe some, maybe somebody left the kid at her house someday, like some stuff she was. <laughs> <laughs> some guy she met, she guy like when she came up to her at the pool was like, oh hey, and she's like, she's, it's like this weird kind of game of like hot potato, but with the kid. No, 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 it was a one night stand. Some guys leave wallets behind, some leave a sock behind. This one night stand left his kid behind. Oh, I, I'm thinking that's the real haunting <laughs> is that kid. Like you stuck with that kid until it's oh. like it's like the, it's like the ring. You got to pass him on to somebody else. <laughs> so we can seven days. Him. <laughs> You'll have a mullet. <laughs> we see William Cat later. He's got a weird, weird quarterly mullet. Oh, that would never happen. Not with that b- b- glorious hair of his. Oh, <laughs> curse of the mullet kid. He's the one driving the whole thing. It's That's his, what I said. He, That's what I would have said. I mean, that what I would have enjoyed if it was all little demon muppet mullet mullet. I can't even speak. <laughs> he had this son kidnapped so he could take his place. Uh-huh. Because he wanted I'm, that room with the race car bed. Uh-huh. You're my daddy now. Now. You don't have a kid anymore. Here. Uh-huh. Well, that's that just drove me nuts. So did he live in that house or not? That bugged the hell out of me because he's sitting there, you know, in the flashback, he's like clipping hedges and then the sun disappears and you see a car drive away like he could have been kidnapped. But then he turns and the sun's in the pool and then the wife comes out. And I was just like, so he's lived in the house before, and then later on he's thinking of a sudden. <sighs> yeah. Don't think, don't think. This movie was brought to you by cocaine. Don't think, just do another bump. Oh, and okay, so so Steve Miner directed this. Yeah. And okay, he also did Lake Placid uh-huh. and Friday Two and Three. Yeah, <laughs> and he did some other stuff. He did some other horror movies. He had a decent career. He did, but not for this one. Yeah, not not that this time, and yeah, and the script, ugh. 
But they made a sequel. They made several movies out of this. Yeah, of this well, fan. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they tried to. Well, I mean, there was the the third one. Um, yeah, horror show. You wouldn't show. know it had anything to do with it. Apparently, yeah. the distributors decided it was too dark for the franchise, so they just called it the horror show. And that was a terrible movie because that was also ripping off Shocker. Yeah, yeah, it was about the convicted killer who's killed and comes back for the the cops' family. And it came out at the same time, and this one clearly was like, we're going to expedite this process. And I saw it. I don't remember a thing about it. I remember I didn't mm-hmm. like it, and the fourth one I never saw. Okay, the fourth one. All I remember is that William Cat's back in it, playing the same character. Uh-huh. He has a he has like his new wife and their son, and so his other family is never mentioned. And he he dies immediately in a car crash, and then keeps coming back to save his wife from some. His ghost comes back to save her from some monsters. So there's no consistency in that one either. Uh huh. Well, at least they were consistent in their inconsistency. Yeah, they didn't wear. I don't think he wore any sweaters in that one. So well, he didn't have enough time. No, but. If you're William Cat, you always got to wear a sweater. If he was wearing a sweater, maybe he wouldn't have died. Mm, a deep V. Deep V a day keeps the monsters oh, away. Okay, oh, okay, in. That's going to wrap up this Friday the 13th. <laughs> Not so spectacular. <laughs> the 8th anniversary show. Thank you for joining me, Trey. It's been fabulous having you. It's been fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Burning down the house. That's what they should have done right at the beginning. Uh. And we're out. <laughs> the show i do want to take a few moments and just reflect on eight years of scream queens i started this show well basically mr brad forced me to start this show i had been talking about starting a podcast for so long that for my birthday one year he had bought all the equipment and set up all the technical stuff that needed to be set up because he was just tired of hearing me talk about it and i never really imagined that it would grow into what it has and for that i'm eternally grateful this show is so important to me and being away from it Particularly this time for so long. Um, for a while there, I saw it going away. I could see it pod fading. Not that I didn't want to do it anymore, but for a while I felt like I couldn't do it anymore. Just technical stuff that was um, mounting and mounting and mounting, and I didn't see a way out of it. And and you know, depression and and just being tired all the time. I saw the show disappearing. And. Then another part of my brain woke up and said, you cannot let that happen. This show and the people who listen to the show have become so important to me over the years that I don't really have words that I can put into, put that feeling into that are going to do it justice. But this show is a lifeline for me as well, because without it, I got so I have been getting so wrapped up in current events and smoochie, not now, please. The, the the dark place that we're in as a nation that uh, depression just got worse and I need light in my life and that's you guys that's doing the show for you it is it is just a safe haven for me to get away from all that for a little while and um, I miss you guys a lot so when is this hiatus going to end Patrick all right let's just set a date the show comes out twice a month, right? Okay, second and fourth Friday of every month. So let's just say the second 
Friday in September. Whether the website is done or not, this show will be back in full. Okay? Mark your calendars. It'll be cause, cause célèbre, as they say in French. Maybe they do, or maybe I mangled it. Do I know? I don't know. I don't know. But golly, Patrick, what are we going to do until then? Well, why don't I tell you some of the shows that I've been listening to that have been giving me joy and reprieve from all of this nonsense that goes on? Okay, the first podcast I have to recommend without hesitation is My Dad Wrote a Porno. It is everything you ever hoped and more. Okay, you guys know me. I watch horror movies religiously. I talk about them constantly on this show. It's, I mean, it's the whole point of this show, right? Yet never has a horror movie made me scream in abject terror and revulsion like any given episode of My Dad Wrote a Porno does. Yes, yes. The guy, this dad, the dad who goes by the... the uh, um, uh, pen name, Rocky Flintstone. His complete lack of knowledge in grammar, in human conversation, and the basic physical rules of human sexuality are mind-boggling and incredibly entertaining. You will not laugh so hard, scream so hard, or have your mind blown as hard as you will. By my dad wrote a porno. I was fortunate enough in, uh, to get to see them live in New York in in March, which I don't think I even talked about here, which is weird for me. But yeah, I mean, this it's you. you I will listen to this while I'm on the subway, and I start like dry heaving or whatever. And people are giving me the stranger danger. If you see something, say something. Look, and I'm like, I don't. I just, my dad wrote a porno. You don't understand. You don't understand. My dad wrote a porno. Check it out. You will love it and you will feel filthy about yourself for loving it but just do it just do it i give you permission let yourself get dirty even if the kind of dirty that rocky flintstones serving up makes absolutely no sense even i know you can't enter a clitoris you can't and if you can i hope it's in the name of a nightclub in japan somewhere now I'm entering the clitoris. I'm like, what am I talking about? Who am I talking about? Belinda Blinked is the name of the book that they're talking about, and you will never be the same. What else have I been listening to? Oh, there's a series out there called um, – you must remember this. And it is actually fantastic. It's all about like the dark secrets of Hollywood throughout time. That alone is fantastic. She did a, a series called – Within the show called uh, Six Degrees with Joan Crawford, which is what I started with, which was fascinating. The woman was a shark. She was smart. She was keen. She was cunning. And there was stuff that I had never heard of. However, there is a spin-off show called You Must Remember Manson, which is all about the Charles Manson murders and the ties to Hollywood of the time. And there are connections that I could not believe, like how directly involved Angela Lansbury and Doris Day are with the Manson murders. It's frightening, and you will love it. So uh, you must remember Manson, and you must remember this are both fabulous shows that you should be checking out. If you love Hollywood, check out one, and if you love the Manson, well, if you, you know what I mean. If you're fascinated by the Manson murders, the other one will definitely open up a whole new doors because you'll. I've never heard 
those these particular series of crimes discussed in this way to this level. Fantastic, fantastic show. And the last one I'm going to recommend is a very simple chat show, very short chat show, usually under 20 minutes, and it's called The Gay and a non-gay. It's a Brit- two British guys. One's gay, one's not. They just talk, and they are incredibly charming. So check out those three shows in the interim. Let me know what you think of them. And now, you heard me mention that this new website is going to be costing a lot more. And it's not just the design. It's going to be the hosting. It's going to be a hell of a lot more than what I've been paying up until now because it's time for the show to grow up. And you might be wondering, what can I do to help out? Well, Here are some options. The most obvious one, become a patron. Head on over to www.patreon.com slash screamqueens and make a monthly pledge. It could be a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, and you will get bonus material every month. You will get a newsletter, I promise. You will get, uh, for five dollars, you get the extra um, what's going on in the theaters, you know, my, you know, what's going on in the big springs, you will find out what I think of what's going on in the big screen, whether or not you should make, uh, waste your money on it or not. And you will also get a fabulous recommendation as an alternative, something to watch. And secondly, uh, for $10 or more a month, you will get access to the, Nightmare Closet, which is now a Patreon exclusive. That is where I go back in time and revisit a movie that scared the living poo out of me as a kid and see what it does for me as an adult. That was a popular segment here, but now it's only going to be on Patreon. And starting next week, I am adding a perk. A new perk is hanging out with me online. Yeah, on Monday nights, I'm going to be setting up a whole conference thing on Zoom that for maybe uh, for like 45 minutes to an hour patrons can come and hang out and just chat. I want to hear what you have to hear, uh, have to say about what's in the theaters. What's been going on in your horror movie life or just what's been going on with you in general. Be a great way to just hang out. Nice, informal, casual chats. That's a new perk. It's going to be very exciting and that's going to be available for all levels of Patreon for a while to test out to see how it goes. Okay. Now, what else can you do? Well, I don't want to become a patron. I don't have that kind of money. I don't want to, you know, like, like, like certain listeners have said, you know, if I was becoming a patron for every show that I love, I'll be giving a dollar to a thousand shows. I get that. You can just make a donation. If you like, you can head on over to the website, www.screamqueens.com. There is a PayPal link there, so you can make a one-time donation if you like. Or if you want to do some really casual stuff that's not going to spend, cost you a dime, rather, you can download the Radio Public app. The Radio Public app is designed by podcasters for podcasters. And the whole thing is it every time you listen to my show on a Radio Public app, I get a couple of cents. And that goes for every show that you listen to on there that is registered with Radio Public. So you can be doing a favor to all of your favorite shows that are registered with Radio Public just by listening. And the app itself is one of the top rated ones out there. It's beautiful. It's It works beautifully and it's gorgeous to look at and it works super well. So check it out. You got nothing to lose and you're helping out the show and all your favorite shows. And if your favorite show isn't registered with Radio Public, you can say, hey, why aren't you guys sign up with Radio Public? It doesn't cost a dime and it'll make you some money. So yeah, Radio Public app, it's available on everything. It's available on your Apple. It's available on your 
on your Android and just get it and check it out and support the show that way. So there you go. There are three really easy ways to help support the show through this interim time and in the future and going forward and all that good stuff. And I think that's enough business for now. So why don't we take a listen to some voicemail? Patrick, hola. How you doing, buddy? It's Tony in Huntington. Good to connect with you again, man. Uh, as per my communication, uh, I don't get to listen to the podcast as much. I don't get to listen to a lot of my podcasts because I'm uh, not commuting into the city anymore. I'm working out of Melville. And one of the other problems, you know, I switched to the Android. And for life, I mean, you know, I listen to this thing called Pod, uh, CastBox. That's the application they have on the Android. Uh-huh. They used to have an iPhone. And I can't find your podcast on it. Uh, if you've got any recommendations for Android users, let me know. Uh, other than that, since I haven't been listening, is there anything you'd recommend watching? Uh, are you watching, do you get to also show Night Gallery? I know you're around my age, so you probably remember that. I sure do. But watching it now, it does seem kind of dated, but, yeah. you know, it's still kind of uh, fun watching Rod Sterling, even though it's not probably not as good as The Twilight Zone. Never. Um, other than that, I'm still doing what I do. If you remember, I'm a big PC gamer. I know. So I'm still playing a lot of horror games, uh, playing Evil Within 2. Nice. Doorways, Holy Mountains of the Flesh, Outlast 2, and Rise of Insanity. Mm. These are great horror experiences, man. If you haven't gotten into PC gaming, you should. You know, I mean, if you want, I mean, for your podcast, if you want a uh, a gaming correspondent, I'm available. I play all this stuff. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's kind of, you know, low six-figure salary and yeah. whatever luxury expenses for flights and accommodations, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Not a lot, but sure. let me know on that. Uh-huh. Um, Would you accept blowjobs? Other than that, uh, just hanging out. Uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to tell you was uh, a while back, while the rumor podcast was still going on. Yes. Um, I want a prize pack from them, uh, from uh, Stuart Feedback Andrews and Last Chance Lance. I would imagine you're into Rumorg Magazine. Yeah. Unfortunately, their podcast uh, didn't continue. Yeah. Uh, it really rocked, but they don't have it anymore. Uh, in any event, uh, let me know if you want me to text you pictures of the prize pack stuff that I got. I got a cool poster signed by them. But nobody here cares. Nobody in my immediate household. They're not horror fans. So uh, if you'd appreciate that kind of thing, let me know. Other than that, buddy, happy belated birthday. I know you had a birthday, I think, in May. Yes, I did. I'm June 1st. I remember you pretty close to my birthday. But uh, hope you're well, and uh, hope this makes the uh, the great Friday the 13th episode, dude. Take it easy. Tony, 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 my love from Huntington. Now, everybody, Tony's a long-time listener. I haven't heard from him in a long time. And really, it was weird. I was out in his stomping grounds, Huntington, Long Island, about yeah, a month ago or so. And I was like, hey, I wonder what happened to Tony from Huntington. I never hear from him anymore. And I start looking around Huntington like, hey, do you know Tony? Hey, do you know Tony? And asking for somebody named Tony in Huntington, in Huntington, is like looking for a needle in a haystack because everybody's named Tony. But they're not my Tony, man. You're not my Tony. But he wrote me a note on Facebook Messenger like right after that, like we were on the same simpatico wavelength or something. And it's like, oh, I haven't listened to the show. I'm like, you know what? Don't write this to me. Get it in and get it for the anniversary show and make Patrick a happy man. And you did, Tony. You did. Now, what did we cover in this? Well, Cara Gaming, I would love a correspondent for that because I cannot afford – 
an Xbox One or a PS4, and my Xbox died. It just doesn't work anymore, so I haven't been doing any gaming at all, so I can live vicariously through you, and I do miss that. I do miss a good horror game that could genuinely make me scream. Oh, well, since you asked if there's a great way to listen to podcasts on your Android, well, by coincidence, I just recommended one. That would be the Radio Public app, because when you listen to this show through Radio Public, I get a little bit of cash as a reward. As a matter of fact, every podcast that you enjoy that is registered with them that you listen to with, listen to on that app will get a little bit of cash as well. Then you don't have to spend a dime. And that would be a really cool, easy way to help support the show and podcasts in general. And now, Tony, may I love, I see that you've called in two more times. But I'm going to get some other voicemails in here in the interim, just so it's not a Tony overload, because that would just be too damn sexy. Do you know what I mean? Too damn sexy. Hey, Patrick. It's Andy from Delaware. Andy! Just wanted to call and say congratulations on your eighth anniversary. Thank you, Pickle. It has been... Yeah, I know, right? A little bit under a year since I started listening and oh. about... Well, actually, right when you took your hiatus, I had just officially caught up completely... Damn it! ...on all the back episodes. My plans have been thwarted. And I'll find it quite annoying to have to wait... I'm sorry. ...for your next episode to come out. I'm sorry. But that's just how it goes. It is how it goes. Well... That's all I wanted to say for right now. I have been watching actually quite a few horror movies lately. Though I will probably wait until <sighs> next call to <sighs> talk about those as I need to get to work. Oh. So congratulations again, and I'll talk to you later. Now that, Andy, was congratulations with attitude. You're like, congratulations on your one-year anniversary, but fuck you. For not having any new episodes for me to listen to, and I can tell you about the great horror movies that were watched that I've been watching and share them with all of your listeners so everybody has a better time during the hiatus, but no. I'm gonna save them. I see how you are, Andy. And you know how you are? Loved. I love you, boy. I love you, I love you, I kiss you, I hug you. In a completely non gross kind of way. Well, I got nothing. Thank you for calling, Andy. You're a peach. A peach and a pickle. How about that? A pachickle. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? It's Tony from Huntington. Oh, my God, it's Follow Tony from Huntington, you guys. Uh, one of the reasons I switched to Android as well was for the VR. Because uh-huh. it has a VR capability, and there's yes. some cool horror titles, but naturally, I ended up never using the VR. So I'm stuck with this phone. What is your problem? So I'm not happy with the operating system. But I'm sitting out here in my backyard now with my beautiful wife, Margo. Hi, Margo. Well, I've mentioned in the past, but you've never talked to before. Say hi, Margo. Hi, Patrick. Hello, I'm getting her into horror. She's very queasy, but, you know, she's uh-huh. been coming along very nicely. <laughs> she loves the conjuring and okay. stuff like that. Hey, you know? great. What was the last one we saw? Like, there were creatures. You had to be quiet. Um, it's, quiet it's place. Like, it was just left theater. Like, there uh, were quiet place. You had to be quiet. He's not listening to me. First. Uh, quiet. All right. Well, Patrick, you probably know, but uh, no, I don't know what it was. Right, I have buddy, no idea. Just wanted to give that follow up and. Oh my God! You know, I got this Android. Don't know where to find your podcast, so I've if, told if you, you already. Help me out, it'd be very much appreciated. Take it easy, buddy. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, Tony, my love, I have no idea what that movie was called. I think it was called Hey, Shut Up! There are monsters outside. I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. 
And if not, it should have been, because that would have been a great title. Uh, and hey, thank you for finally introducing me to Margo. Hey, Margo, what's going on? I like a name like Margo. Margo's a name that you can slur over drinks, and it just sounds good. It sounds smoky, cigarette I like it. I don't know if you smoke. I'm not saying you're smoking your cigarette I'm smoking your cigarette Saying your name. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, because I don't know if you know this. It is five million degrees in this room where I'm recording right now. And now I remember why I take hiatuses over the summer because recording is absolute hell. But we're getting through this a little bit at a time. Thank you for calling again, Tony. And I believe I told you the place to listen to the show right now is Radio Public. Download the app. Do it and make me some ka-ching, ka-ching. That was not racist. I meant money. Oh, my God. What's happening? Oh, my God. Hey, Patrick, it's Boston Dave. Hey, Boston How's it Dave. going? I heard about your seven-year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, Hope for many more. Um, and I thought I'd leave this voicemail from a one-year listener, uh-huh. which doesn't sound very long at all. But you make my night's cleaning offices so much better, and I can't even explain to them what the hell I'm laughing at under my headphones. <laughs> uh, take care, bud. Hope for many, many more. And I'll close with New Japan Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega's catchphrase, goodbye, wah, and good night. Bang. It's more of a visual thing. Look it up. Take care, bud. I, I, wow. Oh, Dave, 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 poor, sweet, innocent Dave. Thank you so much for congratulating me on my seventh anniversary because that was last year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So since you've only been listening for a year, I'm just going to pretend that this is a year-old episode and this is like the first time you called in and stuff. And yeah, it's best that you never explain to those people at work what you're laughing at. It's just better because they'll look at you really weird with side eye and kind of back away slowly and stuff like that. But thank you for calling in. And by the way, I know you've only been listening for a year. It's not the length. It's the quality. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, why don't you come here and I'll show you what I mean. Not that I'm saying that my length isn't up to my quality or my quality isn't up to my... You know what? Straight guy, go clean a floor. Okay? Thank you for calling in. I love you, Pickle. Goodbye. Hello, Patrick. <gasps> hello, Miss Moochie. Hello, Flem. And hello, anybody else who's all up in the haunted mansion over at Scream Queens HQ. Oh, my HQ. God. I hope that's everybody. It's zombie girl TJ calling to wish you a very, very happy eighth anniversary of the show Yay! that's fantastic i know i don't right? think we've actually i think i've put out maybe eight shows on my <laughs> podcast but certainly nowhere near eight years for crying out loud how do you do it and in the spirit of the anniversary oh, i will God. say that what scream queens means to me oh is getting to hear outrageous viewpoints on horror movies getting told what to watch and what not to watch and it's almost always good advice. Sometimes I don't heed it, but oh. when I do, it's good advice. Got to watch some things I never would have even heard of if it hadn't been for the Scream Queens podcast. Nah. And you and your wonderful crew putting it together. It means funny voicemails. It means getting to see you for a week in December. That's right. Uh, a couple of Decembers ago. Yes. Um, and all the mayhem that went along with that. Oh. And I hope that it means many, many, many more years of hearing movie reviews and um, spectaculars of whatever kind you can think of. And, um, oh, yeah. And it was always, it was also hearing them in the dark in your kitchen <laughs> one night through the screen. It was creepy. <laughs>
Anyway, good luck. Good job. Keep doing it. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, Miss TJ, thank you so much for calling in. That was super sweet and super fun and super – I'm super – I'm all gushy now. I'm all gushy now. I'm also a little confused because I thought I had another – Voicemail from Tony. I could have sworn he left three, so I think one might have gotten lost by the wayside. And if that has happened, Tony, I apologize. It'll still be on my Google voicemail. I'll find it. I'll get to you next time. I promise. But hey, two's enough, right? Two's enough for one show. What do you do? Clogging up my works, babe? But hey, listen, I'm trying to talk to TJ right now, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Talk to you in a bit, Tony. I got to talk to Teej. Hey, Teej, I stopped talking like that. Thank you for calling in. That means a lot to me. It's very sweet and everything. And people are wondering, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. She got to spend a week in December with him? Is that a Patreon perk? Not yet it's not. Not yet it's not. But yeah, that meant a lot. And also, you know, when you said, you know, whoever else might be hanging out at Scream Queen's headquarters, I was like, oh, shit, who else is in here? Because to be perfectly honest, you never know. You never know. But at this point, I'm excited to be getting back to work again. Just sitting down to do this show, this one episode, has shown me how out of shape I've gotten in a very short time. I'm tripping over my own tongue. I'm stumbling for things to say. It's taken me way longer to record this episode than it normally does. But that's okay, because I'll get back into the groove and do this move. Eddie, move those aren't the words, and who cares? What do you mean, who cares? You're a homosexual who's misquoting Madonna? Yes, I am! God damn it, and I'm proud, because maybe Madonna's lyrics weren't good enough. Whew! That was a really long sentence. Had I known it was going to be that long, I would have paused to breathe in the middle, but then it wouldn't have been as long a sentence. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. You know what's happening? It's the end of the show, y'all. Yep. So that's going to wrap things up for this eighth anniversary episode slash Friday the 13th spectacular slash high anal hernia party. So... Coming up before September 15th, yeah, there will be an episode or two. And it will consist of either a repeat episode, one from the vault, or it will be some tidbits from Patreon to wet your whistle on what you're missing over there. And of course, if you can't wait, by all means, become a Patreon subscriber, help out the show that way. And if not, just hold tight. I'll be back really soon, okay? Because I miss you guys, and I miss doing this. And believe me when I tell you that this show is one of the few things in my life that keeps me sane. Now, I know a whole bunch of you just rolled your eyes and you're like, wow, this is sane. Yes, actually, this is sane. You don't want to see me when I'm not sane, which is how I am when I'm not doing this show. This show has been a lifeline for me in many, many ways, and it becomes more so over time. So it is only healthy for me to continue to do so, and it is healthy for you to keep listening. So stop watching shitty movies and pay attention to me. And if you watch a shitty movie, share it with me so we can laugh and laugh and laugh. I have no idea what we're going to be doing when we come back, but we'll be having a a whole new look and a whole new website, hopefully, and things will be cool. And if not, well, you know what? The party will continue on as it always has. But it will be much cooler in here because, oh, my God, I am sweating. And it's not even sexy sweating. It's just like that awful kind of – never mind. You don't need to know what kind of not sexy sweating I'm doing right now. Okay, you know what? My beautiful, beautiful, beautiful screamers, until – the second week in September, continue to make the world a creepier place. And never, ever, ever forget that Scream Queen's golden rule, fight or fight. That's not even right. See, I don't even know my catchphrase anymore. God damn it. Okay, let's try that again. The Scream Queen's golden rule, fight or flight, survive the night, 
make it to the final reel, baby. Why? Because you're too pretty to die early. Yowza. And also, resist. You know what I mean. You see injustice. Resist. 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 Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>